I think I was a fish. In my past, <laughs> I, like, I have so dreams. Much. I have recurring dreams where I can breathe underwater. Like, uh, yeah, I'm pretty mean? sure that I was a fish, and that's probably why I'm a Pisces. Oh, you are, isn't that? I am. I'm the fish. A little fish. <laughs> How did we um, go from death in different cultures to I'm a fish? <laughs> I mean. Welcome to Dead Dad Club. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. Hello, hello. We're back for another episode. We are recording remotely. And the last time that we did this, we... We had two fuck-ups, okay? Let's be honest. We fucked up. We fucked up so bad the last time that Jacqueline was only the only one who was being actually recorded and every bit of my part of the conversation was not being recorded. So that was really um, embarrassing. And it was a really great conversation. And I wish that it was recorded, but it just wasn't, it wasn't our journey. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. Welcome to Dead Dad Club. And if you've been listening, thank you so much. And if you like what you're hearing, please go and subscribe and rate us and review us and let us know what you're what you're liking and um you know if you're not liking it maybe keep that let review to yourself <laughs> i say like lay it on us i want to know i say we can't we can't fix anything that we don't know is wrong like right now i have a feeling my audio is probably not that great um but you it know it actually sounds really good i swear it really does sound good uh, we're just gonna dive right in um yeah, should we do our yeah. peak in our pit for the week or peach and pit Ooh. okay Let's just decide. Are we calling it peach and pit or are we calling it peak and pit? Ariana Maddox says peach. Peach and pit. All right. Then then that's just it. We're calling it peach and pit. I don't feel an affinity to either. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I would normally say like high and low. That's That sounds more normal that to me. Yeah, that sounds oh, you do? It does. Mm -hmm. Okay. So thank God. Okay. So we're going to do our highs and lows of the week. My high would be that I have an interview today and I'm really excited about it. And it was so wild because I've had the same resume template for as long as I can remember. And I changed my resume template and got an interview with a company that I applied to. I got an interview on the same day, which is the like, craziest thing ever. That's never happened to me. I've never gotten a response in an interview like same day. So every job I've ever taken, that's how it's worked. Really? Like the job, yeah. Like the job I have now, the job I had prior, like every single one, it's like applied, heard back, could tell they were excited about me. You know what I yeah. mean? Totally. I think, yeah. Yeah. So this will work. This, that's why I'm excited for you because I know that this might be it. It's a really good feeling, especially coming off of all of these like rejections and I'm not letting the rejections like spiral me into a depression anymore. Like no, I'm just not great. doing it. And um, yeah, so that's my my high for the week and my low. I mean, getting up with my kid at 4.30 this morning was a fucking low. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, really not the vibe. So my high okay. has many lows. <laughs> okay. um, no, I, just, I think I, in my mind, romanticize things. And despite 
like better knowing. And so, yeah, like I romanticize being in Flagstaff with my entire family. I romanticize what the summer is going to look like with my children. And I really just wear myself out to extremes and am exhausted. And it's even harder than the normal school schedule for some reason. So yeah, I don't know. But in my mind, there are, there's good things. Like all my siblings will be here tonight. I'm excited about that. But like, you know, and then I'll probably want to kill everyone in the morning. So just high low, high low, high low. Totally. <laughs> it's highs and lows at in the same, which Sometimes isn't that life. life. Isn't that life in yeah. general? Yeah. We're feeling I, it. Uh, I remember you saying some, I think in our last episode, I think you said that like summer you feel like is a really magical time. And I was just thinking to myself, like with school age kids, like I have a kid who's in daycare, so that's year round. But with school age kids, you're the only person- yeah who I've ever met who said that summer is a really magical time because most parents are like, oh my God, what do I do with my kid for this whole fucking summer while they're out of school? It has potential. <laughs> it's a, it, it has potential to be great, but it ends up, I think, it's like in theory, it's great. And then in the execution, it ends up being like incredibly expensive. I think for that, yeah, exactly. But like for Bodie, like my son's having like a magical summer. I love that for him. For him, it's magical. For mom, it's incredibly stressful. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are talking about death in different cultures and what that looks like and how it differs from from death in, um, in North America and how it's just different. I think, you know, when I first told, it's so different. And when I first told my, therapist that I was doing a grief podcast, she was like, oh, thank God we do not talk about grief as much as we should. We don't do enough for grieving people. We don't. And I, and to me, I had never, you know, she sees the general public and has this, this really great perspective on what grieving people go through, what, what gaps there are. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I thought that was really interesting and in just how things are different from totally. here and, I think, and all over the world. And you, like you and I have different cultures. I'm Jewish. Mm-hmm. So like the way that we handle things are very different. When I was doing research for this podcast, something came up that like this like one-liner that I'll probably never forget that in um, in North America, in America, our our view of grief and death is all based in empathy. Mm-hmm. Because it's not something that we are taught about or grow up with. So any time that we experience loss or experience, and I don't know if it's true, but any, I'm still thinking about it, but any time that we experience a loss or any time that we hear about a loss, we internalize it almost and make it, we try to associate to something that we've experienced and it all mm-hmm. goes back to how it's making us feel and like what empathy there is. Whereas in other cultures, you're raised looking at elders in a different way you're raised with just like more of a holistic view of the life cycle and i think that and the i don't know what death would look like and that's it's less not less personal but less something I don't it's know less trying, scary so. i think i think it's more so like in what was the one that i was um so in japanese culture um and specifically in the buddhist religion they have the Oban, I think that's how you pronounce it, the Oban Festival. And it's basically a celebration of death, which, you know, in in here we have a celebration of life, which is essentially a funeral. And they can, you know, they're they're supposed to be very 
so interesting. How is the celebration right. of life and a celebration of death different? So the the way that they do this celebration of death is they bring offerings to the people, their loved ones who have died, whether whether it's within that last year or because it's a seasonal thing. I think it it, it takes place in like August. It's like Dia de los Muertos, kind of? Dia de los Muertos is is kind of the same. Yeah, it's it's basically the same kind of a festival where you bring offerings to. So it's it's the Japanese version of Dia de, Dia de los Muertos. Heck yeah, um, I don't know if we're saying that right. God, God pray for us. I think, I, think I know white, white girls, white girls trying to like <laughs> – Please, if we're saying it wrong, please, please. don't. Please hey, don't cancel. I feel the need to leave a comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought it was really interesting because in this festival too, they bring not only um, they bring fruit, they bring rice, and they bring sake. Which I was like, offering the dead some sake is seems like legit so to me. Like Oh, this is interesting. Yeah, it's and so you're it is once a year and it's a festival for people that have passed. Okay. Right. It reminds me of and, yeah. That's mm, so interesting. Because yeah, right. In America it's much more we don't do anything group for No. Death, There's no right? cultural like like we do things so individualistically. Like that's just how America is though. Oh, and beautiful. it's really like no, that it goes back to how shitty capitalism is. <laughs> because, well, because it's because very much in the office. Like if you had a group celebration, you're not at work. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, I think that there's so much that we really miss out on because we don't have this culture that that leans on each other. It's very much mm -hmm. like in, in North America, it we have this, it's me against the world kind of thing. It's we're all like, yeah. oh, I, I'm out for myself and fuck everybody else. And that's such a fucked up way to live. Like it really is. And that's totally. why well, I'm a not. socialist and a communist. <laughs> and it's not, it's interesting for me too, because like my history and like what my like culture is and everything, like we, we do a little, we, we're a little better than that. But that being said, it's still all based on the one person celebrating the one person. But as far as like society, like you could live in a kibbutz. Like, I mean, it's not really like, it's a dated concept, but what like is, there's a what lot does that more. Mean? Wait, what does that mean? What's a kibbutz? So a, a kibbutz is like a community where everyone has like different jobs and everyone like- A in, commune. Like, actually, so it's a commune. Yeah. Okay. Like one person's yeah. in charge of cooking, one person's in charge of teaching, and one, and there's a school there, and like, and I mean now they're bigger communities where it's almost like a subdivision. But back in the day, it was really like, I don't raise my children alone; they are I'm raising them mm -hmm. with these other people. Yeah, and right. it's like a beautiful thing. But I think too with death, like, I don't know. It's just we as a society. I mean, we just we've talked about this before. We don't give people the time or the space to grieve. And we mm -hmm. give them, or we do, but it's very finite, right? You have three days. And you have three days. That's the standard is like somebody dies and you have three days of bereavement before you have to go back to work. Three days isn't even enough time to process that. I remember people being stuff. like, like, yeah, you know, we miss no, you a lot. Take off as much time as you need. But, you know, maybe it'll be good to be distracted. And people saying that maybe it'll be good to be distracted. And me thinking, nope. yeah, no, you're right. It will be good to be distracted from this and just jumping back into work. Why? Well, wow. I never thought about that. That's crazy that you say that because when my dad died, the place that I was working, I had a a boss who was 
he and I just, we had words a few times. Like, let's just, he and I didn't get along all that well. So my dad died. He had been in the hospital in essentially a coma for a week. And I was not at work that entire week. So my dad died on a Friday. I had been home since the previous Friday. And on Friday, after my dad died, my boss asked me, how much longer are you going to be out? And I was like, well, I guess I'll be back on Monday. And I used the excuse, it'll probably be good to have a distraction. Yeah. And I think I did myself such a disservice there. I totally. went back because you to work. don't get that time back. And also right. when you and the people listening know, when you experience a loss, it is horrific, but it is also the most like raw you'll ever feel. And yeah. sometimes I miss that. And like when I you jump back into work, like that raw state, like there has to be so much growth there that I haven't even explored because I haven't let myself, but because mm-hmm. I, and I can't go back there. Like the days after Bryn died, that's what I'm thinking of. When I jumped back into work or I, you know, I went to a bachelorette party, I think two weeks later, I like drank too much on a Friday, like broke down, but mm-hmm. I was numbing myself. Right. Like, and whether right. that's work or this or whatever. And you just like, yeah. And as a society, you just kind of keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Right. But that's our society. That's not society in general. That's like, that's specific to where we live. And Mm -hmm. that's fucked up. Like, why are we not giving ourselves and each other more time to process and to get through this most horrific and like life-changing experience that will never go back to normal? Well, and that, and yeah, as like a writer, I think about it a lot where like there's, I think back to like that, not the beauty of it, but just the rawness of it. And like, you know, and especially after doing EMDR and stuff, like you really lose that, you know? And it's just, but I was wondering, because as a society, I think we have come such a long way in terms of mental health, in terms of like, just how we look at each other and like kindness. But Mm -hmm. I don't think we've come very far in this way at all. Like in terms of how we look at grief, like I still think we're very uncomfortable with it and we're still not, right? Yep. Uh, so I'm reading this book. It's called – It's a, well, I'm listening to it, so I'm not like actually reading it. But on Audible, I have um, started listening to this book called It's Okay That You're Not Okay by Megan Devine. And she talks about this exact thing is that we're constantly trying to make it better so that you can get mm-hmm. back to your life when grief is not to be made better. There is no making it right. It's just something that has to be tended to now. And it's something that you oh. live with and that you're going to carry. And I think we're getting better as a society about understanding that concept, but I think we still have so far to go. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think things like this podcast really do help people really do mm-hmm. help people. Oh, that's <laughs> that's what I was talking about before. Remember when I couldn't remember? Remember yeah. when I couldn't remember? I, couldn't remember. I, I recall. I recall. I, yeah. And I was <laughs> saying like you and I talked about when we realize how many people are actually listening. We're like, are we out here really helping people? And and I yeah. think yeah. the I think the answer well, to that is thinking about before we record every time too is like what can yes. we I always, as a marketer, I always want to present new information, say something that hasn't been said before, offer a new perspective, you know? And what Erin's response was, and she's so right, is that, yes, we are doing those things, but we're also just having conversations that need to be had. And like right. the, I don't know, just as a, someone who's experienced loss, it feels so alone. And especially when you're, 
you know, it's your dad, but then it's someone else's stepdad. Well, I mean, just every little nuance is a different fucking experience, right? Yes. And and, no, and even though we yeah. can relate to each other in our experiences of grief, everybody's grief is different. Everyone's grief is going to be different. So yeah. we have these moments where we're like, oh my God, you get it. But no one can ever really – it's as individualistic as love and, and as each individual relationship. Oh. No one will ever understand the relationship that I had with my dad. They might have some ex like similar experiences, but they're never going to understand my personal relationship with my dad. And so they'll never understand my personal relationship with grieving my dad. And okay, that just up. is what yeah. it is. And you know what else is interesting that I'm thinking about now is that – so it, it was Father's Day since we last recorded. And or, as long as you guys know, it's Father's Day since we last recorded. <laughs> and, um, and the like I was just thinking – like I didn't go visit. My, my husband said something to me where he was like, do you want to go see your dad? Mm -hmm. And it took me a minute to be like, oh, he means at the grave. <laughs> and like – and we were talking about Aaron's dad's in her closet. Yeah, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Like, part of the other thing about society is we shut it up. Like, I do yes. not go, and I tell myself I don't go to my dad's grave because it's, he's not really there. But, like, you're, how many times are you walking into your closet and putting up a, we've just talked about this, a, what's the word when you tune it out? We just post about this on Instagram. Oh, denial. Um, yeah, you're like almost in denial that that's happening, that that's in there, and you're going to ignore it and you're going to keep going about your day. Right. Yep. And, like, yep. that's the other thing is a society. Like, we're talking about these, like cultures that have these big celebrations where you go back and you visit them and we carry this pain. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's like, oh God, it's July. It's going to be July. My dad died in July. I just realized. Really? That. So like, I'm going to start feeling weird for the next two weeks. I'm going to ignore it. Am I going to do anything about his, the death date of his death? Probably not. Maybe like, right. I'm just going to try, you know, and it's just like, this is what we do. There has that's, to be a better way. That's wild that you said that you compared because I was going to ask you about that because I know that that Craig had asked you if you wanted to go to the cemetery and like see your dad. He, cemetery. he said, do you want to go see your dad? And so you're like, <laughs> wait, <laughs> which dad are we talking about? The live one? And also like, like, I don't know, like maybe there's some other way. Like, I don't like it was that weird denial thing where I was like, is there like a 3D movie? Like, I don't when know. When was the last time you went to the cemetery? That long, huh? <laughs> Eight years. I mean, since wow. Bodie, my son is has never gone. I've taken Craig there. I've like taken ex boyfriends there. That's weird. Okay, but like, it's really fucking depressing. So when Jews die, we do flat on the ground um, mm -hmm. tombstones, and then you okay. put rocks there when you go visit. And it's really hard to find it for that way. You know what I mean? Because it's not like 3D and I always like lose it and I can never find it. And then I like get super anxious because who the fuck couldn't find their dad's fucking grave? And like it's like this whole fucking thing. Of course you also, would go, it's in, and go inward. Oh. So oh, we're talking about that? different oh, things. I, yeah. You know I drive by all the time. And I'm like, la, 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 la. Like, yeah. I just pretend like my dad's just like, nope, like, I'm going to pretend like my dad isn't laying there right now god that's yeah that when he's not i mean right but yeah yeah well my dad's ashes are in a box in my closet because i still haven't it's how many years later let's see three three years later and i still haven't gone and done the symbolic What's thing the plan there um 
I don't know. Uh, so here's the thing is that like my dad's wife went the How wife that you end up with them. Went, uh, we all have some. Oh, okay. Like his, his kids have some, um, whoever of his, like, I don't think my grandmother so, kept any, but like one of his sisters definitely did. So it was like, he's kind of split up, but I never thought about that. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird yeah. to think about? Yeah. So, yeah. but the thing is, is that like, I, my, my dad's wife told me go and scatter his ashes on a baseball diamond. And I was like, what? And she's like, Man. yeah, just like take him to a school. And I'm like, you want me to scatter human remains at a school where children fucking play baseball? Like, I'm sorry, but this is this. That was a big no for me. That was a big Have you fucking seen the no. videos where people like they'll be at the top of a mountain and they'll take the ashes and they throw them and the wind comes and just hits them back in the face. It's like that scene in The Big Lebowski. <laughs> It's the scene where he's in the coffee can and he says, good night, sweet prince, and starts shaking him and it goes all over the dude. And he's just standing there in a cloud of fucking ashes. And it's like, no, 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 that stuff really, that really happens. But the thing is, is that like, I don't really, I didn't know my dad well enough to know where to take him. So yeah. it would but be so maybe something it's not that about would be that. very much for me. It, right. It would be very much for me and not for him. But that's mm -hmm. why he's in – I don't feel any connection to his ashes whatsoever. Right. And I don't and know maybe if that's, that's how I feel too. Yeah. yeah. And I and maybe that's a me problem. Why is my dad in a no, box? And like, he's not even in a box. He's in a bag. He's in a bag. Is that fucked up? No, but that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's fucked. Like, my dad got buried underground and, like, when it, I don't know. Like, it's a whole thing. Like, I don't – I feel like no matter what, you have to almost – and maybe other societies feel differently, but you have to almost tell yourself that's not the person, right? Like, I am yeah. not my body, you know? Well, no, totally. So do you – okay. So this goes back to, like, Buddhism. Do you believe in reincarnation? Like, does, does your culture, like do you as a person? Well, so Judaism, no, but like, we're really big on like earth to earth. So when you die, I think I've talked about this. We yes. don't believe in embalming or anything. And you just go back into the ground again. Um, and like, and we sit Shiva and like, we do all these things, but like, um, I, in reincarnation, I believe in, yeah. I mean, I think his energy, like, right? Live like so where does yeah. the energy go? Like you, you well, just, energy can't be destroyed. Like we, right. Science, right? So like, like yeah. It kind of did you ever watch um unsolved mysteries as a kid duh. my parents worked for well, so, right. <laughs> so there you they used to have those episodes where it would be like a four-year-old kid would come to his mom and tell him all about his like what past life those? and he would get like he would get like all of these details like right soldier about, during world war right, II. exactly yeah. and i'm just like how could reincarnation not be real when you've got this and this that was pretty clear, clear proof that it, you know, that's, that's exhibit A right there. And so I go back and forth because we have no like set culture in North America. Like, I feel like my beliefs on what happens after you die are very much like a mishmash of all different, like, totally. do I believe in heaven and hell? Not really, but I do believe that there's a gray area where energy is kind of stored. Totally. Could yeah. No, that's what I believe. Isn't that funny? That's what we all, like everyone I know believes this. 
like believes that yeah. like, we're energies and like we go and we live maybe different lives and experience maybe different that's things. Why we're, like, maybe that's why we're friends is because we have is not like the most out like opposite. What? <laughs> what Maybe you say? we're friends in a different life. <laughs> Maybe we were. Oh, <gasps> that's really nice to think you about. Know that though. there are therapists that do past life regressions therapy. I would love to do that. That sounds so woo woo, though, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it just I have like these weird dreams over and over my whole life, where I'm like, I'm sure, I'm like certain it's like a past life. Like, I can't explain. Same. And no, no, no. And, I yeah, you don't so have to I explain because I get it. I think I was a fish. In my past life, I have dreams. I have recurring dreams where I can breathe underwater. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that I was a fish, and that's probably why I'm a Pisces. Oh, you are, isn't that? I am. I'm the fish. A little fish. How did we Um, go from death in different cultures to I'm a fish? I mean. That's the beauty of, I guess, having our society is that we can come up with these thoughts and not be like criticized yes. for them. I mean, in China, I don't think they're having enough time or at least in parts, you know, to think about. Probably not. Part. But wait, so go back really quick for people who don't know what is sitting Shiva in Judaism. So it kind of it ties into Buddhism now that I've like been researching it. But so after someone passes away, you um, and they're buried, you sit Shiva for seven days for a week. And so everyone gets together every single night and you bring food and it's like a everyone just kind of sits in a chair in a circle and you can come, don't come, come every night, come every other night. But um, you share stories about the person that passed away. And it's you laugh and you cry and like it's just really beautiful you cover all the mirrors and all the reflective surfaces because you're not supposed to be like thinking about yourself um and you're yeah you're just kind of in grief and you do that for a week but then i was researching other cultures you can do it like if you're more religious i think you can do it for longer but Mm -hmm. also with judaism they're really big on um we are really big on anniversaries of death so then like we light the yard site candle um, every time it's the anniversary of the death. And then you do that based on the Israeli calendar or the Hebrew calendar wow. instead of um, the, yeah, instead of like the whatever date they died. So I like, I'll get a reminder that it's my grandma's yard site or whatever. And then they sell the yard site candles at Safeway, like at every grocery <laughs> store, the white one. Like, you know, the funniest thing about being Jewish, especially in Arizona, is that like there's no Jews or not that many. So like you'll go to the grocery store and it's like yard site candle, matzah. Hanukkah candles, <laughs> soup mix, and it's like it's Passover. Really? Like, don't need any of it. I had oh God, no oh idea that like next to matzah, no, because is... they don't understand, and they'll just like put up a, a display for Jews, and they're like, okay, and so they're like, there's always a fucking yard. It's inclusion, it's like, right? They're just they're just trying to include trying. you. They want you to yeah, be at amazing. Safeway. At Safeway, they want you to feel included, which honestly, Everybody, like, yeah, the yard site candle is like, the, it's the funniest thing. But so, yes, yeah, so you do that. And then after a year, like you get together and then there's also, um, I don't know if, if this is Jewish. I think it's Jewish, but there's like a re- unveiling for the headstone. Okay. And we do something for that. I know um, that other cultures do that as well. I think because a lot of times the headstone isn't ready like it takes time to make a headstone so if you have something that's like really you know potentially like really intricate like it's going to take time so then they do like a ceremony when when the gravestone is uh not Mm. released but But like that's unveiled like what you said like why i don't i really don't know because i 
So I grew up in my family. I'm not Catholic, but my my grandparents were Catholic. My mom was raised Catholic, and um, and they do you know open casket funerals. I've been to multiple open casket yeah, funerals. Absolutely hate. Not a fan. Anytime I've anytime like I've lost a friend in my younger years, and like they did um, viewings no. the night before the funeral. I never went. No. I never. I couldn't. Yeah, oh, the other thing in Judaism Never is when someone dies, you don't, you're not allowed to leave the body alone. Like something about like your soul, like you're, you have to keep the body, someone with the body for like 72 hours. So like when my grandma died, we all sat in the room and like, we just sat there with her body. But like, How that's the you? closest, like 25. But, okay. Like, so you weren't, you weren't um, a child. You weren't a child. Like, no, they were really of- big on like, not, and just like, like yeah kind of having the conversation keeping the body together like staying there but yeah like the oh my god open caskets. is it always is it always family that keeps the that stays with the body or is no, it just because then you wait for someone else to be to somebody it has to be someone mm-hmm. okay that's yeah. really interesting too like i don't think i would want to do that i don't i no don't job. know like that makes me it makes me really oh. like but then there are some people who if it's part of your culture then that just is what you do. And, you know, that's, that like, was never part of anything that I did. So that's, it, it seems I think like when I went yeah. to me, I'm yeah. trying to remember if my grandma was already dead when I went to see her, like she might've already been dead and everyone was just hanging, like standing around. Her. <laughs> yeah. Don't say it like that. And everybody was just like hanging out. <laughs> I, I mean, don't mean yeah. to laugh and I, I'm not like sisters. laughing at. So there's like a mad, like there's 45 of us, like always core group. Yeah, just, but I can't. But the open casket thing, like as a parent, as a anything, like fuck, like no, no, I don't like it. But that's cult. That's like different cultures. Like they like to view. I don't. I, I think don't it's get to, it to make you realize they're dead, right? I perhaps. I mean, it's it's possible like that Google. that's the reason why they do it. But I, I don't know what the historical context to give is friends and family for that. a moment of closure. They get to see their loved one one final time. I saw to me it's like to be like like to knock it into your brain. Yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of is it's closure and also like allowing you to maybe process it, like oh, that's to take you out of the denial stage because that's it's very saying, much yeah. like yeah. So it's it's really in your face. There's no denying it. And like I didn't see my dad really be- after he died. Well, and so I was years- just gonna ask. I was gonna ask like. You know, well, he killed himself. No, I mean, right. he was alone, um, right? But like, or can die by suicide. Jesus Christ! One day, I'll <laughs> um, but but and that's the thing. Like, you have to, and knowing how religious he was, even just like culturally religious, he must have been so removed from Judaism and like his brain, right? right. To have made that decision because, like, at most Jews know, like, you're supposed to not be alone, whatever. But also because of my dad dying like that, like for years and not seeing his body and not, and I went to his funeral. I, or no, I didn't go to his funeral, which was a good thing. So my grandma lost her mind, but really? um, wow. Yeah, like try to like throw herself on, like it was bad, but um, yeah, for years That's I thought I was like still alive. You can know I what ask, I mean? Can I ask why you didn't go to the funeral? I mean, I didn't, that's crazy. I didn't go I was, to my dad's funeral either. I was five and a half and I think they thought it would be, it was so tragic that, and everyone was such a fucking disaster that it was like, not okay. Like, I mean, my, so my dad has had four sisters. My mom has six sisters. Everyone had young kids and everyone was like wailing. Right. Like, I mean, like my grandma, like 
like threw herself on his couch. Like it was horrendous is all oh I've heard. Oh my God. Um, one of my aunts had a newborn and like, like, like left her, I guess, like at the, like, just like walked away and like forgot she was there. Like, I mean, it was, everyone was So really it was fucked. a really fucked up well, situation. Yeah, she, like, like it's so unexpected, yeah. right? And like. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I think my mom, I remember going shopping for like a dress, but then last minute they were like, and you know, my mom doesn't do anything without talking to a therapist. So I'm right. sure she talked to a therapist. Yeah. I but mean, in, I didn't, as an adult, I respect her decision. No, absolutely. I mean, right? you can't, yeah. like, what's the point? What's the point in, it's not like you were not allowed to be there as an adult and like had to make your own decisions. Oh, but yeah. like, can you imagine being a and child? What happened and with being, you? Was it, uh, my it was dad's, my dad's funeral was in Maryland and I was in Phoenix and um he I have a lot of guilt about not going um only because I I made I mean I made the decision not to go because the way that they were grieving him or you know celebrating him I guess was in their way and I don't see eye to eye with that side of my family um, on a lot of like things. Religiously, they're religious. They're very religious. They're honestly, very it much- wouldn't have been. You have to forgive yourself because I mean, funerals are for the living. Yes, and it would have made you pissed and uncomfortable. It would. I, I would have been so uncomfortable, and that's why because I was already struggling so much that I couldn't even think about getting on a plane, going and seeing my family, having to drive three hours from the airport, going and seeing a family that I don't really even consider family. Um, right. And having to be there and grieve my dad and do all of these like these- Who you had a complicated relationship with. Yeah. Who I had a complicated relationship with. Like it, it, it was just not for me. And, I, and that's why I was like, you know what? I'll do my own thing. My brother and my sister and I can, can get together and like do something with his ashes. And here we are three, three years fun. later. And I did something with the ashes. I stuck them in a closet and decided that that's where they live now. Um, I think that we actually, should go to a Diamondbacks game with them and just throw them. <laughs> Yeah. No, that sounds like a really good idea. It's professional me baseball. In, it's not me children. walking into Chase Field <laughs> with, a, it, with a fucking bag. Just put no, it in you can't bring Jack for because you guys can't see us. Jack held up her Stanley Cup. Um, not the hockey, not the hockey championship cup. But... I also play professional hockey. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's the thing is, is I really don't know what to do with those ashes. And, um, however, that brings me to, um, a mention of a, a, an old coworker of mine has a, um, a company called Welkin Memorials and she created these beautiful urns that have a place on the bottom for, um, your loved one's ashes. And then on the top for, like a flower or greenery of some oh, kind. Cool. And they're these beautiful vases. I mean, they're they're gorgeous. They're ceramic vases. And like, what a great idea. And I think that once I come to terms with the fact that my dad's ashes have been in a closet for three years, that um, that seems like something cool that I might do. I really I, it's like, something yeah. that I'm considering. And I would, you know, I think – I get nervous though with kids, like that they're gonna knock it over. 
I would put it, well, I would put it where Barrett can't, can't reach it anywhere. Um, I could just see the anger of like the trauma of me being like, yeah, my kids knocked over my dad's ashes. Oh my God. Can you imagine? There have been so many movie scenes where somebody like breaks an urn and there's ashes everywhere. You know, I definitely have that kind of a fear, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that that is such a great way to like memorialize. Then yeah. there's also those different ways to be dead that we that we've talked about. There's human composting. Yeah, I'm obsessed wild. with this concept. Except for so we might have some people on to talk about this more. But we um, the human composting thing, like as far as I understand it, they take bodies and then they they kind of accelerate the composting experience. They take your bones and remove them and like do something. So really? That kind of- I did not know about people- that part. Yeah, I know. And then I, that part, yeah, she's crazy. like on their TikTok, they have like, they do like little visuals of like how it works and they're, they're good at making it seem like PC. But the cool thing is that at the end you get a bag of compost and you could divvy it up. Like you set like a bunch of different bags of compost and then you can go and like plant a tree or like plant something. And it's a little different than the tree concept because it's like in the ground. Which yeah, like they that. and they they have the same same kind of thing like placing ashes in a biodegradable urn and then planting a tree within that biodegradable urn. I I actually looked up memorial reefs. Have you seen that where you are made into a reef that get, then gets dropped into the ocean? It's Dude, crazy. I, we might not be good with death, but damn, are we good at recycling? Right, <laughs> recycling our bodies. I wanted to mention to the the craziness of like a funeral pyre and which is essentially like cremation, but it's burning you at my husband's family. Oh, really? Like a Viking funeral? I mean, he's literally Viking. Like he, I mean, you Google a Viking and you look at my husband, they're the same. What do they do? So they, they would light it and then- They would put, yeah, they basically like put you on this like wooden thing at the at the shore of the ocean or a body of water and then light it on fire and push it out and then just watch it burn until the until it stops burning. I don't know if I believe that they just leave it there because then you become one with the body of water. Right. Which it kind of reminds me of Judaism where we're like Yeah, I mean, but what all these trends have in common and what my culture's been doing forever is the idea of going earth to earth, right? Like yeah. back to the ground, like becoming, right? Instead of like pumping, because it's also really bad for the environment to pump people full of a bunch of fucking chemicals and then stick them in the ground. Like, I have a, and I don't know if we like know this question or the answer to this question, but like, do they, do, they do embalming so that you don't, so that you don't decompose, but like. Right, and because. But do and so you like, can do open don't like bugs and stuff. But don't bugs and stuff yeah. like get into the like and eat you anyway. Sure, sure. Like yeah, but the difference like it's like they're trying to keep it out. Whereas in like in Judaism, we bury people within three they days. They want you. We don't you do want them to come. You want that decomposition to happen, right? Yeah. And that's the op and embalming. The way the caskets are twenty five thousand dollars because they're thick. Like if right. you look at the di- the like. We do plain wooden boxes, but if you look at the descriptions of these caskets, like they're built to last. Right, right, <laughs> totally. Wow, that nuts. really is like a, a selling – that's like the value proposition in like built to mm-hmm. last. Wow, built to last in, in life and death. Yeah, and wow, we're did like we – just Did we just come up with <laughs> a campaign? Are we business owners? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to run with us? 
Kind of. I mean, we are the um, perfect people <laughs> for this know, new right? business venture. Oh. Wow. Well, this has been fun though. This has been a really good conversation. I mean, I think what it comes down to is that just nobody wants to grieve alone, right? Like right. grieving grieving alone is so painful. There's not just one person that's feeling that ever. No. Right? No, but Ideally. there's but that and that's why it's so weird that we turn inward and and we're uh, I mean people are walking around silently grieving all the time. Like why don't we have right. citywide festivals to celebrate the people who have passed, you know? Like we have so many so many Hispanic people in Phoenix who do celebrate Dia de los Muertos and and have those festivals for themselves, but it's on such a small scale like how yeah. How different would we feel about death if we had these like really big gesture celebrations of of like the people who have passed on, you know? So How different good. would yeah. our would our society be? Would we be better adjusted? Maybe. Would we need this podcast? Would we need probably not, honestly. We Maybe probably not. wouldn't yeah. even exist in this podcast because we would have so much more. Then we'd feel supported in our grief. We would feel right, exactly. We would feel so much more supported in in this experience that we all will eventually like, literally go through. It's universal. Literally, everyone will go through this experience, and it's sad, yeah. but it's also like it it should bring us together, and that's why we created a grief community called Another Dead Dad Club. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. Like, <laughs> such a bad, such a bad moment for that. Jesus. Oh. All right. Well, um, again, we want to thank everybody for being here. And um, yes, thank, thank you so much for time. listening. We love all of you. We love you for listening. Um, I like some of you. I li- I-, <laughs> I like a select few. Um, but uh, if you are enjoying Dead Dad Club, like subscribe, review all of the things. Um, Follow us on Instagram at another dead dad club. And we will talk to you at the next episode. Bye everybody. Bye.